Hello, hello, and welcome back to Tim Talk, Talking with Talkers. This is Season 1, Episode 8. As always, I'm Justin Martindale, monitoring the computer. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Mr. Tim Robles. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Tim Talk. We took a week off last week for some things that we had to get taken care of. And uh, it was a good week, good times. Um, and we are back at it in the Justin Martindale studio. I don't know what we call this place. I don't know either. Martindale Land. Like Dungeon. <laughs> the Dungeon. Yeah, so we're in the studio at it, and uh, some good things have happened when we last talked. I said my uh, I really wanted to do a topic on the role of women in the church. What do we agree on? What don't we agree on? Where should it be? And I actually did get some people step up that want to do it, but they want to they want to get their information, Justin. They want to okay. do their homework. I they like want to get all their notes. They, you know, and as we all know that women are probably a lot more prepared than us gentlemen. What? Uh, yeah, oh, okay. exactly. Uh, a lot more prepared than us. And so they're putting some together some things by some great ladies that are going to come on uh, either next week or the following week. But I just brought to Justin's attention that we're going to hit the McNeese State University campus doing a mobile Mm-hmm. Mobile podcast. This will be fun. Mobile podcast. So, because I've been lately on the campus, as I am a college pastor, uh, talking to people, and every conversation I'm having, I'm like, where's the microphone? We need the podcast right. to do this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I came came in. I said, Justin, can we? And he was like, Why? Why are you asking me that? That insults me. Of course, I can do that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, Justin. So, yeah, yeah. Justin can do anything. We can do it. <clears throat> So, I'm hoping next week we're going to hit the little road and take the uh, microphones and the gear. I don't I don't know what kind of gear we're taking, but um Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't see. I just got to go. But we're going to go and we're going to we're going to just walk up to people, like stick a microphone in their face and say talk with me. Let's do it. That's what we're going to do. It's so, going to be fun. Uh look forward to that one. So, what are we doing uh today is what uh was a good question Justin asked me when we walked in and yes. so I had some videos sent to me. Uh, by some students that I met at McNeese State University. And uh, they were talking about these uh, uh, videos that they found online of people who were owning the Christian apologist that they were talking to. And what is so funny about this is that one of the videos they sent me happens to be a video uh, with the Christian apologist in it named Dr. Frank Turek, who we are actually bringing out uh, uh, myself and um, the BCM, the local BCM from McNeese, and the Chi Alpha Ministries here as well has teamed up with us, Sales Street Baptist Church. And together we are bringing Dr. Frank Turk out on October 9th, 7 p.m. in the Old Ranch building of McNeese State University uh, to come and do a free lecture and a Q&A debate session pretty much. It's going to be open mic. Uh, it's going to be an awesome night. doesn't cost you anything. And all those people who want to stick it to the man who feels like you know, we're just making things up or we're so narrow-minded. Here's your chance. Mm-hmm. So they happen to send me this video with, with this guy that we're actually bringing out in um, just a little over a month's time uh, here. So uh, I've asked Justin to pull that up and then pull up another in, uh, uh, video that was sent to me uh, with some questions. So the first video I'm going to have him play is like a three-minute video, and I'm going to tell him to pause it and stop it when I want. But I want you all to hear some things. It's that not that one, the other one. So you're going to hear me directing Justin here on the YouTube videos. But um, this one was not necessarily an argument, but it was this person sent this to me saying, um, this is what I deal with. 
how, when are y'all going to talk about the these types of people? And of course, I was like, I don't know what these types are. So they gave me the email, and then I had to go find the video, and we found it. So um, Justin, if you don't mind, can we play a yeah, few of these snippets? So here's the one video. Uh, these are individuals being interviewed on the streets of, I think, I believe it's New York, um, and they're asked, uh, "Do you believe in God?" And this is what we get. Uh, believe in a higher being or a um, super supernatural being um, I'm not too sure if that is God or a particular God or if we all share the same God um, because I take views on board from a number of different religions no I don't really believe in God I don't necessarily believe in a higher power either I just I don't know my life functions quite well without the belief of that so I believe that there is something there. I don't know exactly what, um, but there are things that can't be explained by normal, I guess, normal human behaviour without a God. Um, but whether it's God or Buddha or whoever you believe in, whatever you believe in is up to you, really. Well, I believe in God. I just don't haven't found any any churches that I agree with. I do believe in God. I believe that He is, is our Creator. I cannot say that I believe in God, but also that I don't. I think I'm more of a scientific person. I need to see something to believe it, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't believe in the church. Let's say it that way. If I believe in God, yes or no, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't really believe in God. Um, I think I'm more like a science person. Like I'm more in the science than in God. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm more like agnostic. Maybe there's something I don't really know, and I, finally I don't really care. It's like I live my life, and as long as I have a good life, it's okay. I'm happy like that. I'm agnostic, uh, so I'm not sure really if he exists or not, because while there's evidence for God, there's also evidence against. Not well. Maybe not evidence, so to speak, but theories, and both theories have equally good points. And that just, it leads me to a confusion. I do believe in God. Just for the simple fact, in the Bible it shows how things is coming to pass that, that he predicted like years before, you know. And it shows then, you know, it's just like the air. We, we feel the air, we get cold, but we don't see it, you know. Just like God, we know he's around, but we don't, we don't see him, you know. It's cold right now, you feel the breeze, you can do that. You know what I'm saying? And you know he you know he's there, you know, just like the wind. So that's the main reason I do believe in God. And I, I got a lot of prayers answered, you know what I'm saying, so that I pray for. So I know he's real. I believe in God because um, the earth is a miraculous place. And I don't think that evolution can explain it all. And that... Um, our souls are, are meant to, uh, to move on after our bodies have withered. I do believe in the existence of God. I think any time the two people come together and create a new life form, that's confirmation that God does exist. And it's a miracle any time a heart begins to beat or just the fact that there's love in the world. Okay. <clears throat> so you see in that video, or here in that video, a uh, multitude of uh, responses to the question, do you believe in God? Uh, the, the email that I got was mainly concerned on 
Um, basically, you heard uh, one of the ladies, the first lady, explain how she takes a multitude of religions and she agree agrees in some su- supernatural, some supreme power. But, you know, I take something from every religion. Justin, you ever run into this part? Absolutely. I, I think that's actually a, a pretty new um, thing, uh, the kind of like the New Age spiritualist kind of, you know, vibes and energy. And I, I see that a lot, especially amongst, uh, I guess, my generation. For mm-hmm. sure. Yes. Younger people. So in this, and in, and I will absolutely agree with that. In in a younger generation, when I say younger, I'm, you know, I say thirty five and below. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, well, I would even say close to forty because my generation, and and I'm getting it from my brothers and uh, family, and and um, you know, this concept of who can really be right and what can really be known. Now, th- this has absolutely been a ph- philosophical debate and argument are just pondering for generation after generation. But dealing with these uh, these issues today that are rising up, we live in a very pluralistic uh, community called the United States of America. Right, okay. Um, I think it's important for us to realize uh, that uh, something that I teach is uh, understanding your battlefield. And not not to say that battlefield in a negative way, but understanding your territory, understanding where you maneuver, understanding the people that you're neighbors with, um, and kind of getting understanding different worldviews of how they look at the world, how they see the world, how they address the world, how do they walk in the world, how do they um, you know, uh, hold themselves accountable to who are what are, if anything, at all. And uh, to understand those elements, you would have to bridge and forge what we call uh, a relationship. Right. Now, um, to take this back further, I'm sure, Justin, you've, you've kind of come up a little bit. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about both of our upbringings, but, you know, in your high school days and, and things like that, and even in those college years, uh, you were very familiar with church youth groups. Absolutely. And yes. in, in church youth groups, there was a term, and I don't know if it's still being used much widely today, but relational ministry. Right, you know, we okay, got yeah. we got to build a relationship with these kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, and this is not knocking any youth group at all. Uh, I believe that youth groups should be uh, out there. I believe that that youth should have their their pastors that they can talk to and that can have access to, and they can have their 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 studies done, uh, not uh, in separation of the church, but alongside of the church. And then that youth group should be building them into the future leaders of the church. Okay, um, but also we came with this concept of relational ministry which is let's have some pizza parties let's have some ice cream socials let's play games let's do this let's do that and i feel that when i i read workings by uh you know ravi zacharias i've got one pulled up here um matt chandler uh uh, uh, john piper uh even francis chan got in on this i'm you know pretty much just went down the passion list there but uh these are guys who have spoken highly on this that they agree with youth groups but they they saw a dilemma coming with all this relational ministry doing you kind of hit this friend zone Okay. And that the church just becomes this happy place to be able to hang out in, see your friends, 
and it, and and it, they when studies were kind of being done on this, parents were not necessarily saying my child is going to these youth groups so they can learn the the complexities of Christianity, so they they can see what praise and worship is, how it's done, to understand the attributes and the characters of God, to know what evangelical missions means. It was I know it's a safe place for them. There's no cussing. You know, it's just kind of a good overall. It's a good wholesome. It's place. a good yeah. wholesome place, and they have fun and i feel at ease that they're there so what does that turn into well well then basically uh, we we can do that with any religion we can decorate it up make it look wholesome make you know i mean if you've ever been to like um um i don't know monastery or monastery or or a you know a a hindu temple or a buddhist temple i should say i mean when you walk in and I've been to one, uh, man, it's kind of very, it's emotional, mm-hmm. like just the solace of it and okay. the, the controlled and uh, spiritual aspect that they're putting out, okay. the, the obedience that the, they, they have in their prayers and their meditation and the gardens and, you know, okay. um, you, you have those kind of things. I'm not denying that. Um, Do you think that's something that we've lost in the Christian church is the reverence and solace that we should maybe sometimes yes. have? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree that uh, uh, I'm all about excitement and pure joy and all that, but I believe there's a reverence. I believe there's time for solace. I believe there's self-controlled worship. Okay. Um, and, I, you know, a tranquility, a meditation, uh, you know, and, and I think God God teaches us that in the Garden of Gethsemane. When, right before his greatest moment of sacrifice, he tells the apostles, stay back here. And he I, basically, I want you to pray. There's mm-hmm. no keyboard player in right, the background. Right, right, right. What yeah, do they yeah. do? They fall asleep. Yeah. So basically, that's mankind saying, I need to be entertained. Yeah, from, get, the, from the beginning. From the beginning. From the get-go. You have Jesus Christ in front of them that gives them a command, and right. still falls And he's going it. out. There's and, no pizza well, party he's, after. He's crying and, and, and bleeding in his mourning, basically. He's crying. He's sweating. He's pleading to his God. With no music, with no, you know, he's just in the garden, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. doing this, okay. and his apostles are passing out sleep because no yeah. entertainment's being done. So yeah, exactly like you said from the beginning. So when I I, I listen to these individuals, I think, um, and you know, what does it have to do with all this? Is what I'm what I'm coming to is that you know we've we've gone into this entertainment industry. I read this quote uh, to the church once uh, many years ago. Justin, you probably remember me saying this. Richard Havelson. Um, who's one of uh, a Christian uh, scholar uh, wrote and said that Christianity um, started in um, Palestine as a relationship. It uh, moved to Greece and became an idea, went to Rome and became an institution, came to the United States and became an industry. An ind- no, uh, yeah, an enterprise. Yeah, yeah, an enterprise. Um, an, an enterprise. Yeah. And um, now, obviously, there's holes in the historical there, but he's, the summary is what it has become. It's an enterprise. It's yeah. an entertainment industry almost. And I believe these people that we are pulling and, and asking their honest opinion on, we first and foremost, I, we the Christians, I feel, get this defensive wall up, and they begin to, to mock these people. They mm-hmm. begin to scold these people. They begin to say, look how stupid that comment is. I mean, for yes, for the lady to logistically and logically say, I take something from every religion, yes, I can philosophically and logically and reasonably, through critical thinking, tear that apart. I can rip that from shred, shreds showing that is inconsistent. There's so many contradictions in that. But where is she coming from? Right. What is the battlefield that I'm dealing with? Where is this person walking? What is she seeing? Why is she coming? 
coming to that conclusion. What do you think about that? Uh, whenever you listen to a lot of these people, and I'm glad you asked me that because I already had an answer, it seems like the biggest thing they want is confidence. Yes. They want confidence in what they see as their worldview, and, and and sometimes it's hard to have. And, I, you know, we talked about this on the last podcast two weeks ago, you know, the wrestling and the things like that. Sometimes it's hard to have confidence, mm-hmm. and especially with the people who are like, I'm, a, I'm not a God person, I'm a science person. Well, I'm a scientific God person. There you you go. know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I have confidence in both realms. You, you, you show me evidence, you show me truth, and I can I can uh, say with confidence that all truth fits into the truth of the gospel. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whenever I, I hear someone like that or they're like, oh, you know, I believe that there might be something, but I, don't, I haven't seen it. They have no confidence in it now. Right. And that's exactly... I, well said, very well said, and and because we look at them, and and when you look at the first and foremost, like I said, people want to step up and tear those arguments down. You're never going to make a person come to the foot of the cross by by beating them down, in 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 a way of of intellectual uh, superior uh, superior being over them. Now, yes, do I need to be broken and humbled? Yes, but who bra- who 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 who's going to break me down the most? Me. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. tear myself down the most, sure, and I'm going to have that done to me in a in a in a way that is based on scientific evidence, that is based on historical fact, but is also what you heard on the same video. The people who did believe, you hear this emotional connection okay. to the gospel. And I was going to say that the uh, I think it was the first guy that was a, an agreement that God existed. He mm-hmm. had confidence in his belief, but it was through a personal experience. That's right. Through his, you know, his, like you said, his prayers being answered and and stuff, and his personal account of the truth of the gospel. It wasn't that he was debated into believing, yes, or even shown logical reason that he should believe. Mm-hmm. He had personal experience based on a move of God in his life. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Now, we have to take, I think it's the church's responsibility, starting from as young as we possibly can, not in an indoctrination, but in education, all right? I'm, I'm big on education. Um, and what I mean by that is- I like is, the way you cleared up indoctrina- indoctrination versus education. Absolutely. Listen, it, it has to be known. We know in our public school system, my wife listening to this podcast is like, oh, he's going on, here he goes. I'm not going to go all the way there, babe. But what I will say is this, we know in our public school system, there is education found in it, but there's also indoctrination. I mean, how many of us have ever walked out of high school, got a little bit further along in our studies and found out what I was taught about the Civil War, there was a lot more to it you know when i was taught about you know the vietnam war cultural events oh, these yeah, yeah. things there's a lot more to it than oh they were fighting against slavery non-slavery they they were fighting you know you know north vietnam versus south vietnam whatever um and so uh it i'm sorry but it's shown very much in the 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 articles and the 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 the, the facts that one of the reasons that the uh after the civil war that the public school system changed from a federalized system to more than than more of a statehood system is because they wanted to indoctrinate and make sure that the split of the union never happened again so how do we do that we educate in a way that we indoctrinate people that the, the thought of even breaking the union would never come into existence. And there's even more, uh, I would say even more evidence whenever Woodrow Wilson was president of even adding more there you go. patriotic indoctrination. More patriotic, yes. You know, Pledge of Allegiance, all this stuff that yeah. they started doing in schools much later in history than people think than they people did. Think, absolutely. But it was to cause more of kind of a blind nationalism 
right. instead of an and, objective and patriotism. I'm all about patriotism, but it should be a heartfelt patriotism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be come from the heart and soul. Same in our Christian education. We should be more involved in the students knowing the complexities, learning the arguments, letting them speak for themselves, letting them argue back, letting them go. I When I did a class on world religion, I had people tell me, and I mean, we went through world religions. We even went to the Islamic um, temple here. Right, right down on uh, Common Street here in Lake Charles, and we met with the leadership there. The women's had to, you know, wear the okay. the coverings on their head and all, but we respected their, their their roles and authorities. And we questioned, and you know, and and people were like, "Tim, you don't fear what you're doing here. What if they decide to linger that way?" And I was like, "If you truly have the boldness of the gospel, you can. It doesn't. It doesn't go. It doesn't leave. But I don't mind a student struggling with it. I don't mind students, you know, kind of, you know, dealing with it or asking those." questions. Questions and it was once brought to me that do you know how bank tellers can tell the difference between counterfeit and that is is that they don't teach them about counterfeit they teach them so much about the real right, thing right, right. that when they touch the counterfeit no matter what it is they can tell this isn't something's off with this it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. real I get that concept I do but on two elements there is that when I don't understand the that may work for the money system but on 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 the worldview system if I don't understand where that lady is coming from or where those people are coming from where I don't really believe in God because there's this and that and I don't see any proof of I need to understand where they're coming from I need to understand why why they're coming from that area. I need to understand where they've walked, what they've seen, what what hasn't happened or has happened. And then, but I also do need to know the feel, the, the, what the truth of the gospel really is. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the guitar industry has a very large counterfeit industry, especially really? among vintage instruments, because some of them can go for more than a house cost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have at times have been called in to find to identify counterfeit instruments because people who don't know anything about a guitar, they don't know the difference between a real vintage Gibson Les Paul and a fake one. Right. But I've spent so much time playing it, pl- playing and in- playing instruments and being yeah. around them since I was just a kid right. that I can very quickly spot a fake one. Right. You know, probably you know faster than most people can right. because they they're not acquainted with the right. uh, the real thing. Stupid question here, Justin. Why would somebody make a counterfeit? Um, uh, guitar because they can sell it and they make okay. a lot of money so you that. understand what they're trying to accomplish yeah yeah exactly so so it's not like I don't need to spend so much time on the other side of it yeah. but I need to know something so you know something of the counterfeit of yeah. well they're trying to, this is a money thing for yes them. exactly but you know but you spend but way more but time but there's so many ways to counterfeit that it, like you said it's more beneficial to learn exactly what a real one is that's right every measurement everything about a real one yeah. so that way you don't have to know every millions of different degrees that could be different right. you know right. what i mean so i agree with that concept i understand it. now i still agree that i think my students uh, benefited learning the other world religions going through it and we talked about what they believed what they didn't believe and did that contradict and what their thoughts on it my students grew closer to the truth of the gospel but then we went into probably two years of like in-depth complex study of systematic theology, which I'm still teaching uh, now. So I, I bring this to say that we have a breakdown in our system, in this culture, I feel, as this entertainment deal. Now, of, of course, this can go off into music and all this. I am not against, you know, having an energetic, emotional worship deal with music. I am not against having 
comedy or drama shows or whatever you want to do at their church. I don't care if the church becomes your be-all, end-all and becomes a whole big old place where you can do uh, movie theater, bowling alleys. But hopefully at the root of it, there's hospitals and orphanages and yeah, you got yeah, enough yeah. money for a Absolutely. movie theater. you got enough money for that. But let's get down to the average church of, I don't mind that you have a pizza party or that, but is the root, is not even the root, is the majority, the majority of your time coming together and I, I think you hit it well these people that we just listened to for the majority of them they were they didn't have confidence in either what they didn't believe or what they did believe either way they were like wishy-washy it was like i mean i don't know who is to say and they, i don't want to say anyone's right because what i don't want to say anybody's wrong so how do you know how to there's a missing element of of education okay of 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 true gospel education being done of historical study, scientific study, philosophical study, biological study, astronomy. Listen, one of the greatest stories that we have in the Bible are when the three, when the Magi, the three wise men, meet Jesus Christ as a toddler in a home. They were not at the manger scene, by the way. That's one of my pet peeves. But anyway, they meet Jesus. How did they do that, Justin? How did these men find Jesus? Do we know? To, to the stars. They, stu- yeah. they they studied the stars. They were mm-hmm. astronomers. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. They were educated. Now, how did these magi become astronomers? Who in- Daniel, when Daniel was exiled into Babel, into the empire of Babel- Babylon and was brought to, Babylon- to the Babylonian exile to, to his area, he created this thing and he shared the Old Testament writings and the, and the prophecies and he created this school. And they stay watched and studied the stars for this coming Messiah. So the Daniel in his exile taught these confused individuals years before, and that we we talk about these magi, these three wise men. But they were educated; they were taught by 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 godly people about astronomy. Not just believe that that the child is coming. Not only did they say believe the child is coming, I'm going to teach you how to find him. Hmm. So I, I just there's my basis on that. I want to sh- I want to prove people the existence of God because of my life and what I feel. But I want to show you how you can find Him. I want to show you that. Now I can't make you accept it. I can't make you grab hold of it. But I want to give logical, rational reasoning of look at the stars or look at this and find the Messiah. And we see that in that. So. Building off of that, I have this other video that was sent to me, and this is where this is where this uh, person tells me that Frank Turek gets owned. Now, I I'm going to interrupt the video maybe a few times for Justin to kind of forward because it is about like an eight minute long video or something. But he, he's on a college campus, and what Frank does or Dr. Turek does first is that he does this like seventy, I think it's like a forty minute to fifty minute lecture on the existence of God, and he goes. Now he's not just opening the Bible and say, "Follow me and believe." He goes through the scientific and the historical end and all this. Well, this young man misses all of that. He comes to the lecture hall, did not was not there for the uh, the lecture at all. But he's got it in his brain. I got this question. And you can tell. I want, I want people to hear how this guy is speaking, his boldness about it, and you know, even how he's trying to control certain elements. Okay, And, I, and this is uh, uh, very good. 
and I want y'all to hear it. I want y'all to see and we're gonna we're gonna go over a few of these things. So just bear with us and listen to this video now. It's one that I ask to anybody when I'm talking about religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's to address a, a huge paradox I see that that nobody seems to worry about. Um, nobody so worries you about. You are presumably very confident in your, in your views. You are not at all concerned that you might be wrong. Uh, oh, I could have, be wrong. That's why I continue to read and continue okay. to search. And, all right, but yeah, I'm not God. I could be wrong. You are still you are still very confident. In your okay, so we'll stop there real quick. I just want y'all to see something in there that that he. You, I want you to see the presupposition, the pre-bias that this gentleman already has of what he feels Dr. Turk is and says and who he is as a person. And even right there, he says, you know, you're not wrong, blah, blah. And Dr. Turk says, no, no, let me correct that. But he quickly dismisses the answer that Turk gives. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. And he's bypassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... We see he, that he's got something he wants to get to, right? Yeah. So he's making accusations, and when those actu- accusations are not, not, not in the necessary way argued about, but just like, hey, let me correct that for you. Let me tell you how I really am. I, you know, if that would been me, I'm like, okay, all right, that's cool. Okay, now I'm learning a little something about mm-hmm. you. But no, he's like, okay, okay, whatever. Anyway, you still believe so? We see that. All right, let's go. You are very confident. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming since you're up here on a stage, you've written a book. Um, if I walk into any given room. Uh, Maybe not this one. I will find people that follow Islam. I will find people that are um, Jewish. I will find people that follow Hinduism. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of religions, and there have been something like over 500, pr- probably way more, religions in history that have all come and gone. Mm-hmm. Um, each, each of these followers of these various religions is utterly confident that they are correct, that their book has the, the word, the final word, the word of the creator, and they will all point to, you know, in my book, this is something that actually happened. This is something that actually happened. Uh, this is something that actually happened. So therefore, everything is correct. My book is right. I know I'm right. All of these people in the same room are utterly confident that they're correct and the other people are wrong. Uh, and to me, it seems like a blatant paradox because I'm assuming you would agree that only one religion can be correct. Well, if would they're you agree con- with that? If they're contradictory, only one or the other's right or neither are right. Okay, yes. yes. All right. So my, yes. my question to you is how do you address that, that paradox that every, all these followers of different religions, including yourself, are, are very, very confident in their views, enough to, enough to be able to assert that people in, in other belief systems are wrong? Well, it's, it's not a paradox, Nick. It's just the way it, truth works. No, it, it is a paradox. How, what, in, in what, that, in that you, all these people, they're not willing to address the fact that... The, the other people across the table are equally confident. They're equally okay. certain. What do you go, mean go by paradox? Maybe I'm misunderstanding what I, you mean, I mean by that. I mean that only five people at a table, each of them has a book. They're all saying I'm the one that's right because my book said so. How, okay. do, you, how do you address that? Well, you look at the evidence. That's what you do. That's what we're trying to do here. Just okay. like if I were to say uh, four times four equaled 15, and you said, well, Frank, um, four times four equaled 16, rather than 15, you would be right and I'd be wrong. And if okay. everybody else thought it was some other number than 16, okay. they would be wrong too, right? Okay, yes, that's correct. But so, okay. so what, what types of information then do you use? Again, I'm not familiar. I haven't read your books. Have, so have, you, have you been in here for this presentation? I have not. I came in late. I'm just curious if... Oh, well... <laughs> All right, let's pause there. So, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's what we... Prob- Okay, so, and, and he gets a little sarcastic there, uh, Frank, because uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I missed it or whatever, and... You know, it's like 70 minutes has gone by and it's, uh, the questions that he's asking. But it's, it's still, there's a question. Maybe you don't always meet the, the, um, 
the lecture or whatever. This could be asked on the street as well. So, um, but I, I want to point out a couple of things here that we have talked about, Justin. And, and, and again, I don't mean to make myself into this great teacher, but you know, I do teach a lot. So, um, you know, that he kept saying that no, it absolutely is a paradox. Okay, paradoxes. I'm just going to read you straight out of the definition: a, a seemingly absurd, absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that, when investigated or explained, explained may prove to be well-founded or true. Okay, so he's not dealing with a paradox. Right. He uses the wrong. wrong he's word. using the word. Using the wrong word. And 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 Dr. Turek, who is seemingly probably a little bit more educated in this area of just grammar. Uh, says, okay, it's not a paradox. We're just arguing truth here. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that your question is not valid, but it's not a paradox. And he goes, no, it absolutely is a paradox. So what does Dr. Turk do? He, he asks him, I need you to define a paradox. All right? And so he explains the system. We need to learn to do that. Dr. Turk could now have taken that rabbit trail, and now they're going to argue over what paradox means or doesn't mean. But yeah. he knew that's not the argument before. Right, him. right. And so uh, he just said, I need you to explain to me what you think a paradox is. Yeah. He explained it to him. He could have easily taken the straw man argument of what's a paradox and gone that Tech, route gone and that very route, easily shredded somebody. Shredded over, this and made oh, this wow. kid. But I, I respect the uh, wanting to stay on track because right. he, he obviously does have confidence in his answer. Yes. You know, and I understand the, the dude, I don't know his name, uh, the late Nick. guy, Nick. I understand Nick's question in that I see this sometimes come up on Facebook. And yes. It's, and it's a picture of two people standing on either side of a number. And the number is either a six or a nine, but depending on which way you're looking at it, it can mm -hmm. be a six or a nine. And it said, see, uh, truth is, depends on the perspective of the person. Right, that that's the overall lesson of this picture. Mm -hmm. But I hate this image. I hate this picture because that is either a six or a nine. And what you have to do is investigate who wrote it, why is it there, figure out what number it is. That's Your it. perspective doesn't matter. That's it. In the in the span of what truth is, that is either a six or a nine. Find out who wrote it. Right. Ask them. Perfect. I mean, that's great, good stuff, Justice. Why well, I got you here? So absolutely, you know, and that's the thing. That, this is the 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 the. The topic that we're on today is, and and really today we're I'm coming after Christian brothers and sisters. That's really kind of where I'm going to go with this because next week me and Justin are going to hit the campus. We're going to meet these people face to face. You're going to hear their comments and their concerns, and I want you to ask yourself what wells up into you first: a defensive state to shred them apart, or an evangelical mind to help this person research: is it a six or is it a nine? And ask yourself, as a Christian, what have I done to prove to the world we're sitting, we're looking at Christ and nothing else? What have I done to help reveal what number we're looking at? Using your your metaphor there, right, right. you know. Um, and and when we talk about relational bene, relational ministry, okay, I may get knocked on that. Like, oh, you think relational ministry is wrong? No, I think too much of it is yes. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I have this book that I read uh, a while back, and I'm gonna pull it up here. I, um, but it's uh, by Doug Powell, Christian Apologetics, and there's a million books by uh, uh, about Christian apologetics. And and as you can tell, one of our themes, our biggest theme, is apologetics. Being an apologist, I told, said this in the beginning. One of the reasons for this podcast is to show people how to have conversations with one another, disagree, uh, but to prove. And give a reason for the faith that lies within you. Not just, I feel them. Sorry, you don't. Um, good luck to you. 
Uh, so apologetics is uh, he, he compares this uh, thing of uh, a, a Christianity either being a supermarket or a religion being a supermarket or an antidote. So a supermarket, you know, you know, is basically breaks it down in this way. Instead of selling food, the supermarket market sells religions. The departments are of the same but have to be taken on symbolic meaning. For example, the meat department sells Judaism, representing the animal sacrifice needed for blood and atonement. The cereal aisle is where Hinduism is found, since cereal boxes are oft, often featured. Uh, since cereal boxes often feature characters, a different god in each box. Collect all 330 million of them. In the baking good aisles, Islam is for sale, since all the other foods started with this stuff but became corrupted when it was baked new age religion is found in the candy section since the power behind both is in how appealing they are dead religion beliefs no one holds anymore like greek mythology or um, uh, uh, golden calves are found in the frozen food section christianity with all its senses is in gardens and agricultural parables is in the produce department mind sciences are available on the magazine aisle there is a person sitting with an empty shopping cart pushing himself around the store and find and trying to pick and choose what religion they want we saw that in that first interview this is what nick is talking about right here okay okay now now what after and and this is how he puts this it's kind of uh uh, morbid but it is there's another person who can be found uh who can't um find anything in the store at all an atheist some shoppers are strictly vegetarian some eat only meat but all the diets are equal value they are basically do the same thing they feed you uh, the charge of the checkout counter, here it is. The charge of the checkout counter is death itself. After your selection is made, you pay with your life. Whether there is anything outside the exit door and what happens there is the big question. Now, he puts it this way. Instead of a supermarket, picture yourself in an emergency room with a serious illness. The doctor explains that this illness is 100% fatal unless one particular antidote is administered. He then goes on to say that recovery from this illness after taking the antidote has 100% success rate. But this, the doctor is proclaiming, that your preferences do not matter at all. They do not they are not a part of the conversation whether or not you like to get shots or take pills is irrelevant this particular element ailment has a particular remedy that needs to be administered in a particular way do it or die given this illness and the necessary treatment a misdiagnosis is very dangerous no one having a heart attack wants to go to a doctor who thinks the proper response is to put a leg in a cast Proper treatment is necessary, no matter how distasteful, inconvenient, painful, or even offensive. There is no going to the going shopping for the treatment you like best. The remedy is the remedy, period. The patient must confirm his thinking to accept the remedy or face the alternative. I love the way Doug Powell puts that to show that we all have preferences. We all have wants. We, we all have certain things that we would like to do more than the other. But there is a, an issue. There is a problem. There is an illness. There is a sickness. Deep down in the souls of mankind, they know it. That is why that nobody can say, I don't even think about it. Yes, you do. You may not think about it a lot, but at some point you do. At some point and somewhere in your life, you battle this thing about God or no God. I think C.S. Lewis called it the inconsolable longing. That's it. 
Yes. Yeah, that's one of my – every time I say it, I get I get chills just thinking of, like, that's the ultimate way I've ever heard it put, was it's an inconsolable longing that seems to be innate in all people. In all people. It's there. It's this thing. And I think the church's responsibility, our responsibility, is to research that, to help provide the evidence and the, the proof of where we get our validation from, how this validation comes. But that inconsolable longing you're talking about – uh, Justin is th- that is where God's going to work on that personal level with that that individual, and that individual is going to have to come to a deal. Again, I love uh, how Powell puts it. I can't. I listen. I don't like throwing up. I don't. I, I've I've gotten that stomach bug every now and then in my life, and my wife will sit see me sitting there on the sofa just dying in pain, and she's like, you know, if you just go to the bathroom and throw it, let it go. You'll be fine. And I know she's absolutely right, but I cannot do it. I don't want to do it. I will sit there and suffer and suffer and suffer. And I'm like, what if I did this? What if I? I'll will it out. I'll will it out. I'll will it out. It needs to come out. Disgusting format here I'm putting, I get. But the bottom line is sometimes I just need to, I just need to throw it up. I need to, to let it go. Just purge it. Just purge it. That's you know? a good word. Uh, you know, I, again, a person... You know, I, I've had family members and very close, and 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 to, down to my own mother who passed away due due to cancer. A uh, cancer. Have have you hear it? You, we talk about like chemo, but until you actually meet a person, oh, yeah. you don't really understand what it what that chemo means and what it does until yeah. you see it firsthand. Nobody's preference is yes, chemo day. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody wants chemo. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to give you a peppermint and a chocolate shake and say, this will cure your cancer. You know that's full of it. I know I'm full of it. But I'm just playing to your entertainment. I'm playing to your preferences. I'm playing to your personality. When the illness in you, there's one remedy that we have. That's what you got to do. That and so there's where Nick's paradox is is saying it. How are you so can how can you how can one person say they're so right and tell everyone else they're they're so wrong? We do it every day with mathematics in medical fields. I mean, how many times have you gone to a job and your boss says, "No, that's wrong. I need you doing it this way." Do you look at him and say, "I'm uh, that's a paradox. I'm living my truth, man. I, I'm living my truth," you know? And so I, 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 I uh, say a lot to people: your false reality does not create true reality. Okay. Yes. So, okay. I don't know, if Justin's are you getting tired of me. <laughs> So, <laughs> so you want to talk about this now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had Nick, um, and I don't know. It was I let uh, um, oh my goodness, I let Justin listen to the whole video. Really, I kind of wanted them to see that argument. Uh, did you hear anything else you thought should be played? Not right now. Yeah. Okay. So here's so Nick brings up a good point of how can Christians be so confident and so bold in their accusations and then say that so many people are wrong. Here's my other thing that I have on that, and we're going to build toward where we're going next week. We're going to the campus next week. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the campus, and we're going to talk to these people who either, I think what we're going to find, Justin, is we're going to find what we found in the first video, a lot of unknown. But for sure, we're not right. But they don't know, but they can tell me what's wrong. Yeah. But they don't know what's right, but they can tell me what's wrong. Okay. So there, there's an issue. The other thing would be is why why is it that Christianity is held to the standard of which we, that, that needs to get attacked, but no one's going after the Buddhist, the Hinduist, you know, and, and saying like, y'all shouldn't be doing that. 
you know and there's a good reason for that there's a good and i would say that what you just said it should be what most people should be doing anyway right we should probably be going to the islamists and asking them to stop doing some things but for some reason we've kind of i think it's part of the kind of a little bit of a pc culture thing pc culture you're not allowed to do that anymore but that's a whole nother conversation that's a whole nother one so those of you listening look forward to this uh we're going to the campus we're going to talk to these people face to face i want you to hear um now look there's going to be a lot that we talk to that we there's not there may not be a lot of response we may take a lot of what you hear come back to the studio and have a a whole podcast where we just kind of break up uh, the interviews that we conducted that could be that um but for you as the christian out there listening i want you to get out of this defensive state be it on facebook twitter instagram and be it face to face with family friends and coworkers. quit getting out of a defensive state these people are coming from some type of view you need to understand that view and you need to get educated and be and and come across in a way that brings evidence or brings logical rational thinking to is it a six or it is a nine i'm going to keep using justin's deal there christ and the gospels are validated by science by historical concepts uh, historical data by philosophical concepts by moral morality uh, theology whatever but that's going to take time to digest to go through and to regurgitate out that's way i put that's it good one. That's yeah. good? okay yeah. and uh I want you to keep tuning into the podcast, but ladies and gentlemen, I want you to read your Bibles. I want you to ask your questions. I want you to send them in. I want you to read other writings. I want you to learn these people. I want you to ask yourself, what would I do in that situation? And if you don't have that question, maybe take some of the time you're spending on the pizza parties and the ice cream socials and the football tailgates and the Netflix. That's a, Oh, this is about Netflix binge watching. And just take some of that time to learn about the characters, the attributes of God, to learn about the historical concept, the prophecies and all that. And if you're confused of where do I even begin, Tim at salestreet.org. I am here. I teach at Sales Street Baptist Church. Justin Martindale is here as well. And listen, my guy does way more than just turns on a computer and does this. He's a, a scholar in his own right he's done lots of studying so if you're more comfortable with the smooth voice of justin then talk to justin as well uh did i get my point across this week justin i, I think that was good the the one thing that the pod, that that uh, interview doesn't talk about and that could probably be another podcast another time is that the people in this podcast they never had the confidence that we have yeah but there's a whole nother side of it of people who had the confidence and it was lost yeah and I think that that's probably a whole nother podcast, but I think that's easily just as much of an important discussion of people who were confident at one time and they're not confident anymore. Right. And that, and, and, and yeah, and that is a whole other podcast that I think we should have. But in that moment is to say uh, that people go through struggles, man. Yeah. And you may struggle for a year. One person may struggle for a month, but there are struggles going on. And when we don't look at that with compassion and saying, okay, God, not my will, but your will. Yeah. What do you need from me to help that person out? Because I'm confident where my where my golden parachute is going to be, where my end of the days are going to be. How do I help this person instead of how do I prove that I'm right? And I said this, and uh, I say this all the time, Justin. You for me. Do you want to be right or do you want to be righteous? Which one you want to be? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes those two align, but sometimes they won't. Sometimes. Could Frank Turek have been right about arguing the definition of paradox? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't his point. He wanted righteousness to reign in the room. Mm-hmm. So he was very um, 
I don't know what, what am I trying to say, very uh, compassionate and listening to Nick. Even though you could tell in the way Nick was talking, he, he didn't care what – he wanted his point to be proven. He didn't really care what Frank had to say about the, the deal on it. He didn't care what he came back with, and he was, he was ready to argue. When Frank stepped forward and, and spoke to him in a manner, I'm interested in what you have to say. Not only am I just trying to appease you, I am actually trying to listen to you. Mm-hmm. It, it goes a whole other way. And I would even say, like, that's an important test for Christians too. Is that you know, me as a man, I will often judge a person by how he, I'm judging another man by how he treats his family. Yeah, I'll judge, you know, I'll judge Tim hard on how he treats his kids and how he treats his wife, and that's why I have confidence in Tim. And I think that. Uh, Sometimes people will accuse us Christians as being the first to kind of eat our own, yeah. you know, as they say. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a really important time that you can show people who aren't Christians how you treat your fellow be- uh, believers who are struggling. There you that. go. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do we treat those? Good exactly. job. Anyway, so thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, share this podcast with everybody. And it looks like we're, uh, we're going on the road next week. Going on the road to so Me State University. if you're listening to this podcast and you're on campus, be looking out for us, I don't know, on Tuesday or Thursday? Yeah, I'd like to go out there on uh, Tuesday. Uh, So if you are a McNeese State University student and you want to say, I want to find these guys, Tim at SaleStreet.org. Look us up. You can look find us also at uh, SaleStreet.org. We're on Facebook, Instagram, I think. I don't know. Just put put out there. They know how to get a hold of me and Justin, and we'll we'll tell you where to meet us and find us. But we're going to be walking the quad. We'll go into the new ranch, old ranch, wherever we got to find it. McNeese State University next Tuesday. We're going to hit it. We're going to just ask people, do you believe in God? What do you think about the church? What If I tell you I'm a Christian, what, what rouses you up the most about just that right there? Um, you know, we're going to – if you got questions you want us to ask the students – Send them to us. We'll 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 decide if those should be good or not. Um, but yeah, McNeese State University. We're heading your way next week. Cool. Uh, and I, I, and I'll try to find a way, like on Facebook or something, where I can kind of be putting out our location every okay every you know forty five minutes or so. So if you got something you want to say, you can come find us. You can come say it. That'll be fun. That's it. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, like, subscribe, share, and please drop us a review. Those are not they they're important for me. You know, just between me and you, Tim's not here. They're important for me. They make me feel. Good about myself they get me through the week more than anything so drop us a review and as always thank you so much for listening